I'm Stephen Gregory Smith. And I'm Matt Connor. We are going back to the hive in season five five of the Connor Connor and Smith Smith Show. Full disclosure, it's late. It is late, but we're up. We are up. Uh, We... Uh, we, we did a lot of work tonight. We were working on a lot of other and we things. we realized it was almost 12, which is, I yeah. guess, now late for us. It is late for us now. We're usually in bed with a facial mask watching Downton Abbey. Anyway. Um, so, we uh, are very excited to talk to um, Jenny Lamb tonight. Um, it's been quite a while, and... Uh, I adore her. We both adore her. It was a great talk. Um, We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hello. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear me? Of course. Oh my God. It's so good to hear your voice. It's so good to hear your voice too. How are you? You know, (laughs) I'm doing great. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. I'm sitting here with uh, my husband and co-host Matt Connor. Hey, 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 hey. Hi, Matt. What's going on? You know, just living the dream. And uh, our producer, Ryan Halbrook. What is up, Jenny? Hi, Ryan. How's things? Things are great. Good, good. These are the in-depth questions that we ask here on the Connor and Smith Show. Yes. Um, um, How are things? How are you? What's up? Um, Jenny, welcome. It's been many a moon. Yes. Um, I can't. It's probably been over 20 years. At least, like, for real. That, that since we've, like, spoken, besides a few texts or things here and there. That's, like, five terms of the White House. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, I just want, uh, we're doing this college thing where yeah. we're tracing back um, some of our acquaintances from Shenandoah days and just checking in on them, what they're doing now. Um and I, I, I heard you during the pandemic, I heard you on a, another podcast. Um, and I just remember being so proud of who you are and what Aww. you, how you uh, spoke on that podcast. And it just made me think, oh my God, I, I just would love to catch up with Jenny. Aww. So um, we, we went to college back in the 90s. Um, at the Shenandoah in Winchester. There wasn't a whole lot going on in Winchester except for the Walmart <laughs> and Pargo's. Yep. Um, and then uh, you graduated in 99, right? 98, 98. 98, okay. And so take this back. You're from Pennsylvania originally, right? Originally from Pennsylvania, yeah. What, uh, what was the moment that made you kind of, were you always into the arts? What was your kind of like ring of keys moment about wanting to be a performer well it's it's an interesting story and it's something that I always tell um my like acting one students too because I ask them how did you end up here (laughs) in my acting class in college and so I kind of tell them my origin story as it were and you know I grew up in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, and there was literally nothing going on. My parents weren't very arts-focused at all, um, but from a very early age, I just knew that I wanted to be an actor. I found my diary, right? My, my dad just uh, passed away a couple of years ago. Underneath my mattress of my room at my dad's house was my diary from like when I was, I don't know, eight till I was like 12 or something. And I look at it and 10 years old, I write, dear diary, when I grow up, I'm going to be an actress. So from like the, from when I was like 10 years old, I think it called to me and I think I attribute it to um, soap operas. Um, my, I would hang out with my grandma. Her name was Mam Mam. Um, and she was a daytime, uh, TV person. So I would watch these soap operas and you know how delightfully dramatic soap operas are. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think I was just, I wanted to take that glass and smash it against a fireplace. I wanted to slap somebody across the face. It just spoke to me. So from a very young age, I, I knew apparently that I wanted to be an actor, but it existed in like dream world, right? I never went to see a play. We hardly ever went to the movies. I was a TV kid, but it was my dream. And it wasn't until I was in high school that I ever had the opportunity to uh, perform. I was living overseas at the time. From when I was uh, 10 until I was 15, I lived overseas. My mom used to work for the government. And I was in 10th grade, middle of my 10th grade year. And one of the teachers there at school um, she was the English teacher. She was like, we're going to do a play. And I was like, oh, my God, it's my chance. <laughs> um, and so I was cast in my very first play in high school, which is where I think a lot of people really find theater. Um, and I played the villain and I played a man, not the first or the last time that I would um, play those roles in my career. And, you know, after that moment, I was hooked. We moved back to the States soon after that and I enrolled in a drama you know theater class um and that first day in class I remember this so well <laughs> in that first class they were just doing it was just like you know my my sister was in the class it was just like the easy a elective class and they were doing readings for the Pied Piper play and so I get up there and I do my reading for it and I sit back down after class that day the teacher pulled me aside and said I'm going to move you into our advanced theater class. Um, and I was like, that's all it took for me. And I was like, hook, line, and sinker, I'm doing this for the rest of my life. Um, it just took a little bit of opportunity and then somebody giving me encouragement. And that's literally all it took from that day forward. It was theater, 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 performing, performing, performing. Um, so that's kind of how I found it <laughs> just a couple years before I ended up at Shenandoah. So you're working on a one-woman show called Dear Diary <laughs> that inspires all young people that they can believe in doing whatever they want to do, starring Jenny Lamb. Yes. You know, I I seriously will write that, Matt. I seriously will. <laughs> so how did um, SU come come up as far as the, the college search? Hey, well, first of all, can I ask okay. a crazy question? Yeah. Is, Be is Bethlehem named clearly after Bethlehem? Well, I don't know. Because Bethlehem but means, I mean, Bethlehem, I think, was maybe like Bet, Bet, him or something it wasn't really bethlehem i think it's like the english version now but oh all i know is that it's the christmas city and that's its claim to fame like oh bethlehem yes that's christmas like you would not believe so dear diary could also be a touring christmas show exactly see now we're thinking now, now we're thinking. thinking now we're thinking about i'm thinking about merch <laughs> <laughs> the, the dear diary Moravian stars were like the biggest thing in Bethlehem. So the merch would definitely have to have Moravian stars in it somewhere. Are those the seven pointed stars? Yes. They're beautiful. Mm -hmm. They're all over the barns. Yeah. Um, so, so go ahead, go ahead Ryan. No, no. Uh, Bethlehem was christened on Christmas Eve in 1741. Oh, That's amazing. My. In Pennsylvania? In, yeah. In Pennsylvania. Huh. Huh. Thanks for the tidbit. Yeah. Wow. You heard it here. I love that. Um, yeah. So, so SU came into focus. How? I mean, it's it's interesting hearing this because it wasn't like it was um, a nationally known school at the time. Or no, exactly. Like how it's known now is like I'm so excited for our alma mater and like the accolades that it gets because I, you know, I, you know, it was wonderful to be there. But so I'm looking for colleges. Right. So, of course, this is back in the day before the Internet. So I'm literally looking through a book. Right. That has like every college ever in it, perusing the book, seeing what the majors are. So when I was applying to schools, of course, I wanted to go to NYU. I was like, I'm going to go to New York. I'm going to be on Broadway. I'm going to go to NYU. So I went and did the whole NYU audition process and it was great. And I got in and I was like, great, I'm going to go to NYU. But through my lookings through the, this like college book, there was Shenandoah Conservatory, Shenandoah University in Winchester, Virginia, and it had a great theater pro. Like, I don't, I literally, I have no idea how I found it, honestly, except it was in a book. And I was like, oh, it's in Virginia. 
because I was my when we had moved back to the states, we were living in Northern Virginia in Fairfax, Fairfax County. So it was like an hour away. I was like, I'll apply here too. So I applied there. Um, and it wasn't until I got to like my on site audition. I had already auditioned for NYU, but I was like, oh, I'll just go I'll look at this school. But the minute I got onto the campus at SU, it just kind of felt like home. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I don't know how to other to explain it, you know, and I, I do a lot of recruiting right now. And so I always tell students, you have to go, you have to go see the place in like, you know, share time and space with this place that you're considering spending four years of your life at. Cause when I went to my college audition, I knew, I knew that I wanted to be there and I didn't really have any rhyme or reason. Um, Except that I, you know, it was a little bit more affordable um, than NYU, but it just it felt right for me. Yeah, there was. I went twice um, to check it out. I think I saw Jesus Christ Superstar. Nice and good news. Good news. Yeah. yeah. Good news. <laughs> and those productions alone made me want to go there. No, but uh, <laughs> not so much the good news, but. Um, <laughs> But the JCS, 100%, because that I was obsessed with JCS at the time. And oh, I was who's like, heard in that? Oh, Matt Connor. That's Matt right, yeah. Connor. Oh, God. Who, what, what college production of Good News is going to attract people to go to their school? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, it was just showing a different side or different kind of how they handle different material. But it was the campus. It was, yeah. it was uh, you know, I, 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 too, am from Pennsylvania and... I think I had entertained going to different schools at, at, you know, that were more, let's say, urban. It didn't make you feel small. Yeah, that's that. That was it. There was a lot yeah. of country. There was beautiful park. Yeah. Um, and it just felt quaint. The, Familiar. Yeah. Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> I really don't remember that much of it. Ryan has blocked most of it out with therapy. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, it was small, right? It was so small. And I think that that's what I appreciated, too, the idea that I wouldn't be, quote unquote, just a number that, you know, um, I don't know. I felt seen there. It, it felt manageable. Like, yeah. I could do this. Yeah, for sure. But yeah. can we can we all talk about this for a second? I mean, am I the, am I the only crazy one? Or what? when we went to Shenandoah, did it feel like we had to figure things out sometimes on our own? Like, a, occasionally, Lindy the brilliant Lindy would like assign an assignment that we would have to then ask upper classmen like <laughs> what she meant <laughs> yeah. and be like, what did, what did she, and they would say, Oh, you've got to go find an object in your room and like, you know, or whatever. Oh my God. I tell stories from that acting class with Lindy on the object recall that we had to do. I tell stories, you all, I tell Lindy Herman stories to my students. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? There's a, a wealth of material. Oh my God, classic. So oh. I, I always remember, and every class went through this. And wait, 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 did she tell Danielle Ferretti? Uh, remember Danielle told that story on the podcast? She said that Danielle did something and Lindy said something like, have you ever been on a stage or something, <laughs> something like that? Um, she, it, it was always the same. In the first couple weeks of class, you were like, who does this woman think she is? Mm-hmm. And then she got up and did the waiting exercise. And it was like the toothache. And uh, like she was waiting to get her tooth pulled. And it was brilliant. And then yeah. you were like, oh, my God, I'm totally changed. Now I understand why she speaks to me this way. And now I'm waiting to pay off my loans. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> We, yeah, I look the same. I look I look like I have a toothache, but it's a lung. Yeah, <laughs> that's my waiting exercise now. Go ahead. I just want to talk about also, like, you know, um, Jenny, you clearly have a, more, a, a, a bigger worldly view of things because you lived in Germany. I lived in Ireland and I lived in Malta. Malta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you kind of saw the the universe in a different uh, yeah. world than people who maybe were just from Virginia. But, you know, um, you also lived in Chicago for a long time. Yes. And Chicago always, you know, they call it the second city. But it wasn't there always some sort of odd pressure 
or feeling of failure if you didn't want to go to New York or if you didn't, like I remember even living in DC, talking to someone once about my career um, and they said, do you want to be on Broadway? And I answered them with a very wonderful, educated uh, explanation of no, I don't think I am a Broadway you know, person. Yeah. And they looked at me and told me basically, well, I've never met a performer that would never want to be on Broadway. And there's like this hidden yeah. uh, trap. Yeah, or like shame or something that you, after you graduate from any kind of, you know, BFA or theater program, you either go to New York or you go to LA. Like that is, we've, you know, those are the elites, right? And I never wanted to go to New York. I didn't want to have to live in a closet and starve and like be number 1,222 to get seen. Um, so, and I didn't, I never wanted to do film. <laughs> I don't have the patience to be a film actor just to hurry up and wait, you know, that's not um, how I want to spend my time. So for me, I always knew that I wanted to go to Chicago. To me, it was of course going to be my landing place. Um, when I went out there, it was, there was a lot of Shenandoah alumni that had made the great mi migration um, to Chicago and Chicago is the longest I lived anywhere. And I loved it. I, you know, had a really, really wonderful, vibrant performance career in Chicago that I probably wouldn't have had in New York because I feel the same way, Matt. I don't want to be a Broadway actor because, you know, well, I would love to go out. I, I, you know, I'll take that back. I'd love to have to go out to New York and do a sit down Broadway show for a year or something. But I would want to do a play, you know, and, and that's not really um a lot of broadway stuff i wouldn't definitely i don't i can't i don't have the dance skills to be in a broadway musical and i so, didn't so what's the, what's the wonderful things of chicago there's their theater scene is what their theater scene is everything and anything right so the theater scene has those big equity houses that do great you know musicals but what i really loved about chicago was the storefront theater scene Right. The idea of any space can be a theater space as long as you paint it black and throw some chairs in there um, and that kind of hybrid intimacy of theater um, where there's 50 it's only seats 50 people um, and that kind of style of acting that isn't necessarily for a 1500 seat house where you have to play at a different level and it's not quite cinematic or filmatic right because you don't have a camera in front of your face but it's this delightful um gray area in between film and theater that i loved i loved there's so much great new work happening in chicago um there's really great european theater and different theater that goes on in chicago so to me the chicago theater scene has everything it has everything and i'm sure the new york theater scene does as well but it might just be harder to find because it's like broadway or nothing chicago is a lot more forgiving in that way because the audience out there the chicagoans people that live in chicago go to see theater right they support their arts and so you'll have the same people that are subscri subscribers to these big fancy huge equity houses that are also subscribers to these little um you know non-equity little small non-for-profit theater companies it's just the audience is there for any kind of work that you want to make you also started your own company yeah so okay you know, <clears throat> of our so, alma mater lindy yeah <laughs> you have questions Stevie? no go ahead oh i just want to say i want to i really am interested because i this is something i wish that we had a class on maybe we did and i was just drunk um on just the business side oh, of wtf how do you yeah. launch all of that business stuff to actually oh. create your theater i know it's my biggest complaint of our training is that we did i got out of there and i had no idea what to do <laughs> how to market myself as a living breathing industry but also how to get uh to start your theater company get it incorporated so yeah we did not have any training in that at all um but you, you well in chicago the culture there is if people aren't doing the kind of work you want you want to do or you don't have to just sit around and wait to be cast start your own theater company so that's kind of what we did a bunch of su alum and i started a theater company and it was originally called homegrown homegrown theater 
and we started off with an original written show and we also produced some tya some kids shows right because that would make us the money so that we could produce our you know main stage shows well working with your friends from college who don't know how to run a business it homegrown <laughs> didn't last very long it lasted about a year before you know it just wasn't going anywhere but the idea of this children's theater company still had you know some juice to it so a couple of us from homegrown maggie portman and jay pretty predmore we started little buds a children's theater company um and that kind of was my last like 15 year or 12 years in chicago was running that theater company until it became my full-time job which was amazing wow so um, so when you're doing that is the is the natural uh breakdown like three people or three departments the artistic the producing and the technical yeah well this is kind of like where we needed more business acumen right because we're all three artistic people so right we didn't so we none of us was really the business person we luckily had a great board of directors that helped us out in that kind of 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 a way we you know had our technical our own kind of technical savvy to get us there but we would hire um contract out any kind of set designer that we needed we were always working on top of existing um sets we were the show on top of a main stage show uh, so we were working with a rep light plot that was there so we always enlisted the help of our theater colleagues to be like hey can you do lights for us hey can you we would hire a set designer um, and that one of our set designers ended up being Maggie's husband. So that was a great find. Um, and so we, you know, and as, you know, meeting other people doing shows, that's how you get your contacts. So, and I was always happy to pay my friends for work. So, um, yeah, we, I would outsource what we could not do, um, as much as possible. So yeah, gave our friends a lot of jobs and a lot and of once, jobs. once again, sort of tapping into your wonderful, skills whether they were uh taught or uh instinct about you know using your creativity you have a challenge you have to do this show on the set of Sweeney Todd go yep, exactly like literally like yeah. almost kids, like we had to do a kid's show on top of some Nazi show yeah where they were like you know some swastikas on the set like honestly it's been like that <laughs> yeah we me and Steven and Ryan have definitely seen that yeah. we've we've all been there done that it's still are there done that yeah being doing that yeah, yeah i think that any kind of theater skill any kind of skills that you learn are like these amazing 21st century skills that everybody needs like problem solving creative solutions collaborative work i always say that everybody should major in theater and then double major in whatever else they want to do well i remember i mean i i, I was a freak in, in college but i remember i took lindy herman's improv class twice and all of my friends uh were like what are you doing you don't have to take this class twice and i kept saying to them uh, I think I missed something. Like I wanted to take that class twice because it was the most fascinating, basic, like understanding of, you know, uh, making choices. Yep. Um, so did you uh, then go to grad school in California after that? Yeah, well, you know, I was living the dream in Chicago, right? Um, doing amazing shows, like like checking off bucket list shows that I wanted to do. And all of a sudden, I just kind of found myself like, oh, is this all? Is this all there is? Like, is this all I can do? Just be in other people's shows? Is there maybe possibly more out there for me to do? And so, like, in 2013, I started thinking, you know, well, maybe, maybe, maybe I'll go to grad school. <laughs> um, so I started looking into that. I didn't know what I wanted to study. I was like, well, I don't want to just study straight up acting because I feel pretty good about myself as an actor. I didn't want to study directing because I was like, ah, I don't really want to do that. And so I was kind of thinking about, well, you know, I have this children's theater company. Maybe I could, you know, NYU <laughs> has this great um, theater and education uh, master's degree that has a whole year of study abroad. And so I was looking at that, but then the guy that I was dating at the time, who is now my husband, 
um, was like, have you have you ever heard of, of this place? And he showed me like a, a the website of like Del Arte International School of Physical Theater. And I was like, um, no, I've never heard of that place. And yes, this, this is what I want to do. Um, and because they do physical theater, um, we didn't really have a lot of that training in our undergraduate of like any kind of mask or movement or clown or any of that. And I've always been told that I'm a really physical performer. So I was like, well, this is definitely what I want to learn. Ooh, I had such an appetite for it. So kind of like on a whim, applied and be like, oh, I'm not going to get in. I'm whatever. It's just a pipe dream right now. And then I got in <laughs> and, and like I had in like three months, like totally, totally changed my whole life um, and sold everything I owned and moved to the beautiful Northern California and spent three glorious years in a graduate program there. It was great and unexpected. So uh, do are most of the styles and things that you're studying and learning now kind of a um, a Western, I mean, like a European older than America sort of thing? Yeah. Um, the stuff that we learned there was uh, based a lot in Jacques Lecoq. So, um, yeah, it's all Western, um, Western European. Um, so nothing too culturally interesting, you know, unfortunately. Um, but just like studying tragedy, studying melodrama, studying commedia dell'arte, um, studying all kinds of mask work. It was just something that I had never been introduced to that I was like, it made so much sense to my brain, to my body, to everything. And it was a devising school, right? So every week in your first year, you are working in ensemble, creating, devising um, original pieces. And I had just kind of started delving into devised work in Chicago. And that was what was kind of, um, kind of wetting my appetite for th that kind of intense training of what is it to create work what is it to create work not that that does not rely on text for storytelling purposes so it was just I it was just where my body and my brain and my artistic soul kind of wanted to follow do you think though that the the kind of broad uh drama of that kind of style of theater equates back to young Jenny watching those soap operas. Soap opera, oh, right? Yes, yes, you all. I In graduate school, I found, because we studied melodrama, right? And so when people think of melodrama, they think of like, you know, black and whites with the villain and ah, and it gets to be kind of comedic, but melodrama is not. And once we kind of delved into that unit, I was like, okay, this is where I live. This is where I live on the extreme edge of human emotion. Um, so yeah. It was definitely 10-year-old Jenny getting her heart's desire. And if you if you go see Dear Diary in Oklahoma, <laughs> the, the Christmas show, you will see how it is bookended. I was I was just I was just thinking of you uh, brilliantly performing in detective story oh. with that line, I want the truth and your purse falling down and oh. yeah. that that's where you live. That's like your sweet happy spot. It is, you know, it's the, um, what, oh, it's a Lorca quote. It's like um, the edge of a gaping wound or something like that. I love that. I love to live on those extremes because, you know, as human beings, um, we, I don't, it's the, yeah, the beauty of the study of the human condition, right? And getting to visit all those extremes is what, really floats my boat from being super, super happy and joyous about something to be, you know, weighted with grief. I love living on those extremes. See, I'm a cancer. I think that's why you and I initially clicked in college because <laughs> that's like how I live my life. Um, yeah. So what So what happened after the three-year program? You're, you're currently um, uh, teaching in Oklahoma. How, yep. What happened to bring you from California to Oklahoma? Well, okay, so um, like literally the day after I graduated, um, my my now husband, who was my long distance boyfriend for my three years at grad school, actually um, the last year he got a job 
at Monterey Peninsula College in Monterey, California. So we were in the same state, still six hours away. Um, and so he was like, well, come here after, you know, teach a summer course in stage movement, use your skills. And so literally the day after I graduated, I started teaching <laughs> at um, Monterey Peninsula College. It's a summer session of stage movement. Um, and I was in a show. It was, it was a, a workshop performance of a show that eventually, my husband is one of the founding members of Looking Glass Theater in Chicago. Mm -hmm. um, and he, we were doing a workshop performance of his play, 20,000 Leagues Under the Seas, which later got a full production at Looking Glass. Um, and then after that, it was kind of just, okay, what's next? So went to Houston for a year and worked in the Alley Theater, kind of um, in their education department, kind of dabbling back into, you know, my little buds kind of training. I was like, I need a job and I have a fancy MFA and I can teach all these different things to students now. Um, and then my husband got offered a job uh, that next year at University of Wisconsin-Madison. So we went there for a year and I was teaching um, there and then I got offered a job at Baldwin Wallace being um, in, the, in their BFA acting program as the acting movement person. And my husband got offered a job here at Oklahoma State. His offer was better than mine. And they matched my offer that I got at Baldwin Wallace. And so we ended up here in Oklahoma. And I'm in the middle of my fourth year teaching here. Wait, third year? Third year third year teaching here. So, you know, it's after having that MFA, one of the reasons I wanted to get my, my MFA, the first reason was solely because I wanted to learn, right? I had started taking um, aerial arts at the actor's gym. So I was learning trapeze. I was learning the lira. I was learning Spanish web and the silks. And it kind of reminded me that I love learning. <laughs> I love learning new things. So I went to grad school to learn new things, but also to get an MFA so that I could possibly teach at the university college level um just because the money is better there and i was getting sick of the young kids <laughs> I was like i can't teach any more young kids i want to i want to teach adults so i can really uh, spread my wings as a, as a teaching artist um so yeah so that's how i kind of ended up in academia go ahead well, i was going to change the subject about yep. about like uh what was it like going like you know Chicago to Northern California, Wisconsin, and then like Houston is a little Southern. And then now you're in Oklahoma. Like, is it a different world kind oh of? Or... Yes. A million yeah. percent. It's so like Northern California is a different world than Chicago. California is a different world than anywhere else. It is its own little entity of a world. Um, and the nature out there is just so gorgeous. Right. Um, yeah, it's really different, you all. It's in, you know, it's what I kind of love about being here too the most is that I I don't feel like I'm just like um in an echo chamber. Mm -hmm. I'm in a place where people think very differently than I do. Um and that's really refreshing for me. <laughs> um it really lets me, you know, cuz I'm right here. I'm in the reddest state of all of the states, right? Mm -hmm. Um and that's not how I identify. So it makes- We're on our way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know, please don't save me. Um, but it makes, um, I don't know. I know that my vote counts a lot more here. I know that in my town, there is, it's a, it's a university town. Like all, there's so many educated, amazing, super smart, the best of the best professors that live in this town. But I'm also in the middle of our beautiful country. Um, and so I, I have really enjoyed all of these opportunities of living in these different places. Um, it really keeps everything in perspective. Um, and then even over the summer, my husband and I, like once everything opened up and we thought COVID was over, we're like, let's get out of here and see your family in California. So we did this like month long road trip where we kind of went from Oklahoma to California to Chicago and back on down. And I had seen parts of our country that I had never seen before. I had never been to Montana. Montana is gorgeous. Beautiful. Montana is breathtaking. Um, and that was such an eye-opening experience for me of just 
there's this country is so huge you all it's ginormous there's so many beautiful beautiful rural spots in our country and i felt like for the 15 years that i lived in chicago i had forgotten all about that and and your your presence there in oklahoma also sort of like a butterfly effect something very small that you do that might affect a student or a production or a whatever could reach out into the community and actually make a bigger difference than if you were just a, in a big old blue state. Exactly. So yeah. yeah, that's one of our, our, you know, clear motivators for being here. That's, that's beautiful. And do you find uh, with the students, are they from all over the country? Are they more local? We get a lot of students specifically for theater, right? We get a lot of students from Oklahoma, from Arkansas, from Texas, right? We get a lot of students from Texas. Texas has basically competitive theater <laughs> in high school. Um, you're required to take theater in high school in Texas. You're required to take music, you're required to take art, and you're required to take theater. Yes! Um, which is a really random, amazing thing about Texas, but, but one of the governors or something back in the day, his son loved band he loved orchestra he you know he so he saw the power of the arts and so texas is like competitive theater they have competitions every year that the high schools just basically spend all your time getting ready for your one act play competition um so we get a lot of students from texas because they're exposed to theater and they're like oh my god this is my jam um so but yeah but basically from you know we get students from new york we get students from, from california but more often than not from, you know, within a stone's throw of the states of where we're at. So the students run the gamut of being super conservative, super, super Christian, super conservative to they are the odd one out in their community. And thank God they found theater. Um, so, and, you know, so it really runs the gamut of students that really need theater or need the community of theater to feel safe with their own gender expression, to feel safe with their um, sexual expression. Um, so, but we we have people that, you know, they come from a school of a graduating class of 12 and they work on farmland and they've been in one play, but they know that they want to do theater. You so know, we I, get I, them all. Go ahead. Are you there? Yeah, you go. I didn't have anything to say. I was just going to say, I'm glad there are people like you out there. Um, Shaping young hearts and minds. Well, I mean, especially mentioning the gender expression or the sexual expression. Absolutely. I don't know how um, many years where in theater because of teachers who were not, you know, hip to that. It wasn't a thing back then. Yeah. You know, it was just like forcing yourself to be a straight person existing in a straight world. Yeah. In, and like that's, you know, butch it up and all this other stuff that kind of forces you into this thing that makes you feel lesser because you're not the thing that you're trying to be. Yep. Um, so that's the new generation of, of teachers that, you know, has grown up and learned different, you know, can can. <laughs> actually change the lives and, yeah. and future of all those students. So that's very, very freaking important. Um, Jenny, I have no idea about geography. Uh, where is the university? Like, for example, we yeah. um, we uh, interviewed Michael Barron, who works at the Lyric Theater yeah. of Oklahoma. Um, are, are you, where in the state are you? Are you near Oklahoma City? Or are you totally Wait. different? We are an out like a, a little over an hour north of Oklahoma City and a little bit like more than an hour west of Tulsa. Okay. So, so you're you're Baltimore yeah. to DC. Yes. Gotcha. Yes. I yeah, um I auditioned for the lyric. It was great. They're they're lovely. Um so I know Michael. He's seen me. He he saw my audition for uh oh head over heels. Head over heels. Um I, yeah, we, we worked with Michael here in DC before he moved out there. Um, smaller worlds, you know? Yes. And we're head over heels. Yes, <laughs> we are. <laughs> We've been sitting in the living room for two years. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we all know 
when you're amongst artists, uh, it's so hard, not hard, because you you don't want to lose your place in changing people's perspective about, uh, but you know, I can't imagine what it's like to have, you know, been brought up maybe working in the bank all your life and not having a circle of friends where you can fail, succeed, lose, embarrass, be afraid, fuck up. I mean, everything on the gamut because the the arts, you know, combine so many subjects that you are exposed to just a plethora of things that you have to decide for yourself, you know, how you feel and who you are and, um, it, you know, the silly line from, what is it? There's no people like show people from Gypsy, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's it, it's so true, though, because... It's not from Gypsy. I'm sorry. There's no people it's like... Not like so. It's not from Gypsy. It's from... Oh, is it from... Um, Isn't it from the musical Gypsy? It's not. Annie, get your gun. Annie, get your gun, yes. <gasps> oh. oh. Um, and, so, sorry, I had, I had to correct. Yeah. Yes. But I, it, it must be amazing for you to you know, be able to understand when you're talking to uh, someone else uh, who's deciding about different cities or yeah. about uh, different colleges, yep. even maybe even different countries. You have mm-hmm. a little bit of a, a spectrum of like, well. An experience and wisdom to be able to, you know, talk about that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, you know, that's the goal for me, you know, with my students here is to mentor them and to, you know, say, yes, New York is a goal, but have you ever thought about St. Louis? Have you ever thought about the DC theater area, right? To kind of help them see all of the possibilities. Like my, I, I think there should be amazing regional theater in every city. Like every city needs to have its own theater. Even here in Stillwater, you all, we have a community theater and it's called the Town and Gown. Uh, um, <laughs> that's and amazing. Every, I know. And every one of their shows is sold out, you all, right? So that there is, there's, and everywhere you go, there is a need for theater. So what we really try to instill in our students is go, go make theater, go make a theater in the place that needs it. Go back to your hometown, make theater there um, so that they can really see, because it is so powerful, like you're saying, Matt, that um, it changes you after you work with some work with a group of people on a show, you're changed because you all have a shared magical experience together. Your community is changed because they have congregated together and their heartbeats have synced up in watching your show. That it's like, which is a fact. That's just a fact. Well, it's oh. like who I was in college was definitely not who I was in high school. Yeah. And now who I am, I would have never thought in college that I would be teaching private piano 20 years later or private uh, or, or an acting class where a student asks me to call them by a different name. Mm. And we have to have a cute little discussion about that. Not a negative one, Mm -hmm. but just Mm -hmm. so I understand. And the student says, you know, please don't let my parents know that I have this other name. And then I try to convey that story to like my mom or or something in conversation so she can understand the changes uh, that we are learning and they're not different changes. It's, it's just now we're allowed to talk about it. To talk yep. about it. <clears throat> um, but I try to use all of my commas in my life and never ever have a period in my education or my learning so I can become a better student in those situations. Yes, I like that. Yeah. Um, I just want to pivot quickly because I want to bring this up. Um, you are, how long have you played guitar? I remember singing with you in Indigo college, Girls. Indigo Girls music. Yes. And you've, you've been kind of singer songwriter um, for a while. What is that? Um, are you still actively doing that? What has your journey been just with your, your guitar? Well, you know, I love Shenandoah, right? Because of everybody that was so super talented there, you know? And so, yeah, picked up guitar, learned three chords from Sam Rotella. So, cause I wanted to be able to accompany myself as we sang in harmony. Um, and so, yeah, after I graduated, I, you know, I got a guitar from Ryan Hallbrook. If you remember Ryan. I do remember. 
Yep. He wants it back. <laughs> uh, well, I have a better one for you. Of course. <laughs> That's what right, I traded yeah, yeah. in to get the one I have now because the bridge started to come away. But it was started then, you all, and it, it helped me survive my first year in Richmond, Virginia on tour with Theater 4. I had my guitar with me so that I, you know, had something to do. Um, and it quickly evolved. I got, well, it quickly became something that was really important as a performer <laughs> to know how to play an instrument. And like we all know, you have to act, you have to sing, you have to dance, you have to play a musical instrument, and you have to have a circus skill of some sort nowadays, right? So um, it was a it was a selfish thing at first because I just wanted to accompany myself as I sang. But then it became useful in my career. I ended up playing guitar in, uh, sh in shows. And then I, well, I hit my guitar. I got a hole in my guitar or whatever during a show. And while I was getting replaced, I needed it because I was doing these mommy and me music classes to earn a buck. Um, and I picked up the ukulele because I was like, I'll just get a ukulele. It's a lot easier to, to teach with um, and a lot easier of an instrument. So then I kind of went full force into ukulele, just learning the ukulele. And then from there, got a banjo lele, which is basically sounds like a banjo, but it's stringed like a ukulele. And then just got my first mandolin. Um, so yeah, music has become super important for me as an artist. Um, it's something important in all of my shows. I, I've written a lot of songs um, and I'm actually working on a show right now, a one woman show where I'm accompanying myself on guitar, ukulele, mandolin, and banjolele. So how many, how many strings on the mandolin? There are uh, uh, eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Um, why do you ask? I just, my grandfather played a mandolin, but it had more strings than a regular mandolin. Just wonderful. Oh, yeah, because it's like it has four strings like a ukulele, but they're tuned differently. But they're, it's like a 12-string guitar, right? Right. So, yeah, but I love my mandolin. It's what's, like the, what, what's, the, what's the title of the show? It's called Jenny Does Juice, and it's um, taking the uh, Juice Newton. Y'all know Juice Newton. She sang Ooh. Angel of the Morning, Angel. Yeah. yeah. Um, Just call me Angel. Yes. Um, well, her album, her 1981 album called Juice, I've been obsessed with ever since I got it as a Christmas present. And I've kind of, you know, for the past maybe eight years, have had this idea of doing this show called Jenny Does Juice, where I just take people through the entire album and, you know, talk about why the songs, why it's important to me. And so with the whole pandemic nonsense, I kind of got around to actually doing it. <laughs> That's amazing. I love the title. Um, yeah. Angel of the Morning Angel was another thing between you and I. Yes. We loved that song. Um, Is there any way to watch that virtually or? Well, um, I'm doing my first like workshopping of it on Saturday, a week today. Ah! Um, and it's just kind of informal, just kind of, I've been working on the songs with like a vocal coach and then have put together some text, but it's kind of like <clears throat> the first like workshop performance to see what, you know, to get the audience's point of view, just like workshopping it, right? I know it's not complete. So, but once I have a complete-ish, version of it like once I get this workshop and get feedback so I can start making it better I'm hoping to tour it um but I will definitely record it as well to make that available you can stay with us for free and we can find three theaters in the DC area yay I would <laughs> love that oh uh, well Jenny um it's been amazing to catch up with you I'm mindful of your time um uh, it, you have a website. Do you want to tell folks what your website is if they want to follow you? Yeah, follow my website. I keep it pretty up to date. It's jljennylam.com because jennylam.com was taken, of course. Right. So it's jljennylam.com and you can find me there or on Instagram at ripskintinkle or on TikTok at quanbiatch. <laughs> Amazing. Um well, gosh, I, I I wish I could like talk to you for two more hours, but I I also just uh, there's a million memories we all a share. Million memories. Oh, we have no memories. we have no place to go. <laughs> I have such a vivid memory right now of Ryan Hallbrook doing a stunt man roll down, down the stairs. stairs. <laughs> 
<laughs> yep, totally. Yep. yep. I did that a few times. Yep. Yep. We had some fun, fun times that uh, yes, we did. And that, and, I'm <laughs> that I'm surprised we didn't get arrested for. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I still sometimes I never did anything illegal. Never, <laughs> never, never. No, no, of course not. I, I'm still always obsessed with the lunchbox purse. <gasps> yes. Lunchbox purses. Amazing. It was the 90s. It was. God bless the 90s. God bless the 90s. All right. Well, we love you, Jenny, and thank I you so much you for doing this. No, uh, thank you for having me. It's my total pleasure. I'm I'm so thrilled with y'all's success. So I'm like constantly proud of you and constantly stalking you on the interwebs with all of your great success. You, I love what you're doing. Well, thank you, and right back at you. You have a stunning website. I love it. Thanks. Well, we will. Uh, we won't be a stranger. We promise. Dear okay. Diary. <laughs> Yeah, I got another show to write. I'm going to work on it. I'm going to I'm going to work on it and just send you some snippets for, through my TikTok account. Perfect. <laughs> All right, we love you, Jenny. I Bye, love Jenny. you all Thanks so much, Jenny, for spending time with us. We really appreciate it. Um, what an amazing journey she's been on. Oh, just, yeah. just fascinating, using all of her skills to maneuver and change. And, and I love her TikTok channel as well. I, if I weren't such an old fuddy-duddy, I would figure out, Jenny, how to do a duet with you on your latest Jewel song and like harmonize with you like all the cool kids do on TikTok. I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. Yeah. I'd love to do that. Like we used to sing all the Indigo Girl song and, and Jewel songs and everything. She'll be the tick and you'll be the top. Yes. And I need a tic-tac before I sing because it's late. Anyway, we thank you so much for taking this journey, this season five journey with us of, of talking to our friends from 20 some years ago. We miss them. We love them. This has been so much fun. Um, if you want to learn more about us, you are free to visit www.connorsmithmusicals.com. That's Connor with an ER. You can follow us on TikTok and Facebook under Connor and Smith, again with an ER. Please rate, review, subscribe to this podcast. really helps us out a lot. Uh, share it where you share things. Post it where you post things. Um, also, in the description of this, please feel free to check out the discord which is a message board an interactive message board where pictures are posted you can uh, put greetings out there to your um, alum friends and just uh, it's a lot of fun um, and uh, you can also enter songs into our interactive Spotify playlist uh, from late 90s songs I listen to it every morning I love when people add songs because all of a sudden there's an unexpected thing that I didn't put there and right now it's like almost six hours of music so oh, wow really really fun times so uh, thanks so much for joining us and we will see you next week with two more SU alum uh, until then have a great week and We'll talk to you later. Bye.